if you want to really master copywriting and marketing and you want to learn by example, then you should see every kind of variety, every kind of different example. So you build this kind of all-encompassing, well-rounded marketing IQ. You hear all the bull about marketing every day. Make your money in your sleep. My new offer is crushing it. My guru could beat up your guru. It's time to go right to the source and get the truth about marketing. With your host, the founder of CopyChief.com, Kevin Rogers. Hey, welcome back to The Truth About Marketing. It's Kevin Rogers here. This is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, in the world of marketing and copywriting, there is a term known as uh, swiping. And essentially what it means is, you know, taking the essence of a great ad, a proven ad, and using it as inspiration as sort of a guideline to write something similar. Now, it can be a sticky subject because swiping, you know, done wrong is a huge mistake. Not only is it, it could be, you know, at, at the extreme, it's plagiarism. If you literally just take their stuff and, and use it as your own. And it could also be dangerous because if you don't understand what made the first ad great and only apply the relevant parts to your market, your product, then chances are it's going to do worse than if you just written some, something original. So here to help us with this today is my man, Mike Schauer. Uh, he started a site at swiped.co swipe.co and he does these amazing breakdowns of all these killer ads some of them are legendary control ads in the copywriting world others are just simple banner ads or emails and he lovingly goes through these ads and shows you exactly what the the marketer and the copywriter is doing to make it effective it's this incredible labor of love it's something every copywriter I know subscribes to and, you know, just loves that it exists. And so I reached out to Mike and we've become friends and thrilled to have him on the show today. So welcome, Mike. What's up, man? Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be on the show, especially because you've been signed up from the very beginning since my first newsletter. So perfect person to have <laughs> That's my right. first podcast with. I get the yeah. scoop. And you were just telling me that all the major players in our industry are, are, are on your list. You see these names of people who you've probably broken down their copy, and now they're signing up uh, to your site to see what you do. Yeah, a little bit awkward sometimes. I'm not <laughs> sure how they feel about it. I try to point out that any examples that I put on the site that I break down, I'm all about showcasing great work. So it's never to put anybody down. If you're put on the site, hopefully you take it as a compliment. And that's why I like uh, having Swipe Worthy in the top corner where it's kind of like a, a stamp. You're saying that it's worthy of being swiped and it's showing people that this is about honoring other pieces of copy and other work and not about, I, I don't know, I feel like swiping has this negative connotation. It's almost kind of unfortunate mm -hmm. where, uh, well, I'll put it this way. When I set up my Google alerts for swiping and, and swipe files to see what comes up, most of what I get is usually about Tinder, you know, swiping for a oh, certain okay. celebrity or for a certain person. It's for 
politics, like Donald Trump taking a swipe at Ted Cruz or even someone stealing something. So it's very rare that we actually find uh, news about swiping in this way and swipe files and stuff. Right. So it has a little bit of a negative connotation, but on a a deep level with this site, I want to change that. I want to kind of turn it around and focus on not just the actual swipe files and the actual ads, but the meaning behind them and point out the best practices. So I'm really trying to change around in some sense, the way that people uh, feel and think about them. Yeah. And I tell you what, that, that is a, an important service that you're providing yeah. because done wrong, as I was saying, it's, it's no good, no good for you, no good for the person you're swiping from. Right. And you know, the wrong kinds of marketers do do it wrong. And so today we're going to talk about you know, sort of the five mistakes that people make when they're swiping. You actually have 10 yeah. of these. You're going to share five with, with them uh, of them with us today. And it's funny yeah. you mentioned about sort of the, the negative connotation. You know, I spent my 20s as a stand-up comic and the absolute worst thing that could happen to you as a, as a comic is to be labeled a thief. Ah, uh, yeah. And so if somebody ever implied that you swiped a joke, Uh, that you would go in immediate emergency PR mode (laughs) to call every comic you knew and say, please stop this rumor or like, let them know it wasn't true. And so swiping, yeah, it's funny how that that term, that idea can seem very negative. And like we said, man, if if you do it correctly, it's just a great head start on how to write a killer ad. So uh, you've been through like 300 ads now, yeah, for the site. Yeah. Yeah, over 300. I have a little bit more than that overall, but there are over 300 that have uh, an analysis and a description. So I approach the analysis in three ways. I have a summary that I provide. I have key takeaways because I'm all about helping people with implementation. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm focusing the site around is not just providing a certain amount of swipe files or a certain kind, but helping people actually implement them and draw ideas from them. Mm-hmm. So those are two ways that I focus on analysis. And the third way is my favorite, and that's having actual annotations on the ads. And they're not embedded in them either. They're digital. So mm-hmm. you can t- turn them off and you can just look at the ad itself. Oh, very cool. So it allows me to, to mark it up a little bit and I'm not sacrificing the work. It's not like I'm covering anything up. You can turn them off at any time. So that was my main focus in the very beginning when I first started it. That's what really drove me to create this site is not because I just wanted to post a ton of swipe files because people did that before. People were selling PDFs and images and you put them on your hard drive and they get lost in a, in a folder that you never check and then you have to open them one by one and it's a real pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. That was like a big problem that I saw. And so first and foremost, Well, the most fundamental change that I wanted to provide was being able to easily search them and organize them. So that's why I categorize every swipe by niche, type. I'll point out if it's been tested, if I have like actual results about it, if it is a control, if it ran for a certain amount of years. And you can search all that stuff and it just makes it super convenient. So that was one problem that I saw. Mm -hmm. The second problem that I noticed was that there wasn't a big variety. So usually when you would buy a swipe file from somebody, 
which sometimes they'd cost you know hundreds of dollars, you'd be getting maybe classic ads, maybe some direct mail, you know, maybe sales pages, like newer stuff. But there wasn't like anything more than that, really. So you weren't weren't getting Facebook ads, banner ads. You weren't getting specific individual examples, like maybe pop-ups or order forms. Yeah. So the way that I saw it is that if you want to really master copywriting and marketing and you want to learn by example, then you should see every kind of variety, every kind of of different example. So you build this kind of all-encompassing, well-rounded marketing IQ. And I love the idea of going through old and new and different niches and different types and making connections. And that's what I try to focus on in my newsletter is looking for patterns and connections that just connect the dots for you where it makes sense. It's not like you're just learning from a book or from a program. You're seeing it in real life. You're seeing real examples. And I think the one of the best ways, if not the best way, I like learning by example the most. And uh, that's what I try to do. And then, of course, the third problem that I saw was the whole analysis part where people don't talk about the actual why behind why a particular example works. Right. And you were just getting a ton of PDFs, you know, and. uh, Yeah. Let's be honest. And most people like forget about them, you know, unless you're like a really active copywriter and you study this craft and you have, I know guys that have, you know, files, cabinets, and they're all categorized, just like basically the service you're providing here, they've been doing, you know, by hand for years, right? And people really regard their swipe file, but that's rare. Most of the time people are just, you know, using it for a one-time thing or collecting them on their hard drive, you know, like you say, and, and, and then not doing much with it. So Right. My swipe file is bigger than yours. Uh, <laughs> and that makes me an expert. Yeah. 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 It, I got this rare one. You know, do you have this one? It's like, well, yeah. what do you do with it? You know, hey, right. it's cool if you're, it's kind of like you're an art collector and you go to your favorite art gallery and you like certain artists and stuff. That's why I like what my girlfriend calls the site. She says that it's like porn for copywriters. Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> and this all came from when she was sitting with me uh, one day. This was actually response to my first newsletter. I don't even know. This might be too vulgar to say. Uh, <laughs> but I got this response and the guy says that Land Rover ad that you sent out gave me a stiffy. <laughs> <laughs> and she's sitting next to me and she's reading these emails with me. And she says, so basically, this is porn for you guys. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I guess so. You know, on a visual, on a, you know, enjoyment level. Yeah, copy porn. Yeah, yeah. well, that's the thing yeah. is like, you know, hey, it is rare to master this craft, right? And especially looking through these classic ads, man. Uh, and I love that you've got them labeled classic. Yes. And, you know, these are, like you said, you know, not always available, really hard to find ads. Is there any kind of copyright issue you know with, with with posting some of these ads they're just ads right so there's there's no copyright around them yeah yeah no i mean it's funny because people say did you do like thorough research and i i always say like to be honest i don't have to do that much research because i'm doing what other people have done before mm-hmm. i'm posting screenshots i mean that's completely legal i'm yeah. posting ads tons of guys have done that before that's legal i'm just doing it in a new way Right, right. Yeah, and you're te- it's, you're teaching with it. I think there's 
I'm certainly not a lawyer and I don't play one on TV, but uh, <laughs> I think there is some some fair use as long as you're teaching Absolutely. with it as an example. And plus, you know, who's going to get angry? Has anybody <laughs> come to you yet and go, dude, like, you know, you totally missed it or, you know, called you out for being wrong about what you said yeah. about their ad or anything? One person, obviously, I don't want to name names. Uh, another one was pretty interesting. It was somebody who didn't want their face on the site. Mm. They don't like their face around the web. And I don't know how they caught it. One of their employees did. And so I just swapped in something else. You know, they were in like a video. And so I swapped in something else. And then the other one, it was pretty silly. I mean, it really was. But, you know, it's funny because it allows me to it. And and this was only two times. But Mm -hmm. if someone ever does contact me, I actually like how I get to get in touch with them and talk to them about it and learn more about, you know, what I posted and like what their take is on it. And the one example where they said, um, you know, you need to put something up there like we just want you to say, you know, don't swipe it for your own use. Hmm. Um, We had an amazing conversation. And once I explained what the site was about and that I'm trying to showcase other works. I, I'm trying to showcase other people's work mm-hmm. and, and honor other people's stuff. And uh, then he got it and he said, I, I totally get it. Like we wanted to be on the site, but just mention, you know, it'll make us f- feel more comfortable. Mm. And it was a pretty big company. So, you know, politics, they have to make sure that. Sure. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Well, that's cool that they got it. And they probably just wanted to see what you were about. You know, there's some shady characters out there in I think anybody who comes to this site, again, at swipe.co can see that this is an act of, this is a labor of love. You're not monetizing this at all yet. I know you're a smart guy and you know you, you may have plans in the future. I actually realize that you're being very sort of like calculated and protective about how you operate and what you share and those mm-hmm. sort of things. And I think that's really smart, but it's not like you've got some e- evil scheme here. I mean, I think, you know, <laughs> why did you start doing this? You just it, don't know about it. <laughs> <laughs> you heard his accent. He sounds shady. <laughs> I have a 400 page plan right next to me. <laughs> and it's a snarling Doberman sitting next to it. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Right now I, I have my pinky up to my lip like Dr. Evil. <laughs> So that's probably, you probably get asked that a lot. Like people go, why? Like what's, what's in it for you? (laughs) Oh man. Well, I got to say that I started this as, as a fun side project. And honestly, like I had this idea since probably 2012, but I just wasn't ready for it. I didn't see how it would all come together. Mm -hmm. And then I believe it was January or February of 2014. And man, I was just hit with like a massive surge of inspiration. Hmm. And I was so excited about the idea because to be honest, if I wasn't the owner and the founder of this, I would be a user. Like I'd be an excited user. I'd really want to use this. So to me, this is kind of like my dream site, you know, as a marketer. And uh, so it really is fueled by my own excitement. But more than that, once I saw that people started gravitating towards it and I saw that other people felt the same way that I did and they wanted that same kind of platform, it really, you know, fueled me up where I started thinking a lot bigger about this, where mm-hmm. I just took it to the nth degree in my mind and I have so much more planned. I mean, this is just 
scratching the surface. I'm really going all out on this. But I got to say that beyond any potential money that I can make off of this, and like you said, I haven't monetized it at all now, but I have benefited so greatly from all the connections that I've made and all the people I got in touch with. Mm -hmm. And I think I had mentioned before uh, when we were talking that in the beginning, and I still do this, I would monitor like every person that signed up. And if you look in my subscribe form, at first it's just a name and an email. But once you put in your email, a field to put your website in uh, appears. And the reason I put that there is because I wanted people just to put in their website so I, so I can learn more about them. Mm-hmm. And I check everybody's site. And then if I thought they were interesting, I'd contact them. And so I've contacted so many people and built so many relationships from it. Mm-hmm. And that alone, even if I stopped right now, and, um, and not to stop the site, but you know, even if in terms of value, if I stopped right now, I feel like I've benefited so much and uh, it's been amazing. It's, it's been incredible to just get in touch with people that feel the same way uh, that I do. And right. I think that's what's so great about this and what's so key for me is that these are people that I, I, I'm the user too. You know, I'm not just the right. founder. I'm also the guy that would want to use the site. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, cause you're not, you're not a copywriter, right? I don't consider myself a copywriter alone, but I integrate it into the consulting that I do. So first and foremost, I started off as a web designer. Design was always my first love. Mm -hmm. And pretty quickly, I started integrating marketing strategy and psychology and conversion optimization into it. And I've always been a pretty decent writer. And I found that naturally, I was doing the copywriting when I was working on a website. And it wasn't until someone said to me, you realize that that's not part of, you know, being a designer. (laughs) Like (laughs) I said, well, I'm not going to put out a website that has like shitty copywriting. And but the design, I mean, that's just not in my interest. I'm not going (laughs) to I'm not going to create beautiful design for something that I mean, copy is so important. And that's when I started actually getting into copywriting. So I integrate it into what I do, but I'm not strictly a copywriter so i don't call myself that gotcha and so gabe you're not for hire you're you don't you don't yeah you don't have clients that you write for none of that stuff well i have i mean i've been consulting the last six years now okay but it hasn't been like i want a sales letter written and i want you to write it it's been more like okay my brand needs to develop i need to create a new site and they don't come to me with any copy and so mm-hmm. i'll say well do you have anything in mind in terms of what you want to write? And they'll give me an idea. And I basically create all the copy for the site. So it could be, I've never done like a long page sales letter. I've done short form. I mean, I do it a lot, but it's not in the formal copywriting way. But obviously, I'm a huge student of it. I mean, I love it. Obviously, yeah, you're, you're, yeah. you're an expert. You can't, you, you can't dissect as many ads as you have pointing out the science of of the psychology behind them and really not become an expert at this. It, it is one thing to study it and another to like perform it, but you know, you're, you, you get it. <laughs> you're, you're big time expert. And I mean, you couldn't, do you get a lot of offers? Do you turn down offers from people to? All the stuff on the site is ghostwritten. No, I'm joking. 
<laughs> you're just you're you're just the mouthpiece. Yeah, there, there, there was an exhaustive search out of out of thousands of people who auditioned to be the face of Swipe.co. <laughs> I own one percent of this company. <laughs> That's hilarious. You're the Mike Dubin of of swiping. It's so funny. <laughs> Wait, where were we getting at with this? I was just asking if if people come to you. I'm curious if people come here you know, like business owners, companies, and just make the natural deduction that this is the guy we need writing our copy because he understands it on such a deep level. Yeah, I have been approached. I've worked with a few people, but it's been more on like, uh, more like in terms of coaching and consulting where I'll get on a call with them and I'll go through their site and their copy and I'll give suggestions, but I may not write it. Right. And I could, it's just, not in my interest at the moment. And to be honest, to scale this site up, like all the work that I put into it, I'm trying to get away from consulting. Yeah, I don't want to take anybody, honestly, in the next few months because I want to completely focus on this. And I think in the past, I wouldn't say it slowed me down because I don't like to look at it like that. Mm -hmm. It's been a great progression. But because I've been consulting so much, this has been more of a side project. And I don't want it to be a side project anymore. Gotcha. I want this to be my main thing. Yep, yep. So it could be even better. Absolutely. Awesome. So cool, man. All right. So let's talk a little bit. Uh, let's go through these five things. Yep. And uh, th these are important. Again, coming back to the, the point of this. Now, usually on the show, I ask somebody, you know, what's the one thing you've done that yeah. has you know, produce the most surprising results. Now, the fact that yeah. you're not monetizing this and not marketing it, <laughs> I'll ask you the same question in a different way, and then we'll okay. dive into these five, okay? So what's the one thing that you've seen done in marketing that produced the most surprising results? Ooh, that I've seen done. I wasn't ready for this question. <laughs> <laughs> you know, going through all these swipes, what's the thing that you're like, why did that work? Oh, okay. I got it. Like going through the swipes. Hmm. I'm trying to think now. Cause man, I go through so many different ones and I'm like so impressed by all different little facets, you know, that I come across. I'm trying to think. So in terms of like how the copy is, like how it's selling. Yeah. Like, like say it's a headline where you're, it just seems like, you know, wow. Like who had the balls to even test that, right? Or <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I think if Eugene Schwartz did all these things that just yeah. seem so almost borderline unethical because they, they just seem like, there's no way you can prove this. This can't be real. And yet you start to read the copy and you're going, I believe you. And now I want this. And now I'm buying it. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. it, was, it was real, you know, but uh, things like that. Right. I got to say, I'm most impressed, I think, by the really long sales letters, like the ones from Agora, where you look at it and you say, who the hell is reading this? It's, yeah, it's like, it's be like a book, yeah. Like the end of America campaign, I mean, that was crazy successful. And what was, there was a video that was like two hours long, right? It was basically like a movie. Yeah. Yeah, and I love dissecting those ads because they have like, every element, every component that you need for a great sales letter, but they're super long and they all, I think this is like the thing that I've been most impressed by, uh, the concept I've been most impressed by, which I'm going to get into 
with the the five mistakes that we're going to discuss too. Mm -hmm. And it's the big idea and how amazing the big direct response companies like Agora, they nail that where every single promotion they have, it has like a big, crazy idea. I have one on the site that was like a, a photo of this Actually, it was a photo from the moon landing, and they circled like some random thing in the photo in red. And then from there, you're like trying to figure out what significance that has, mm. you know, and why that's important. And then they tie it in together with that that big idea, and it's so powerful. You know, I think that that's like one of the biggest lessons to learn from them, and they have it in all their books and. Uh, I think there's one called like copy logic yes. where they talk mm -hmm. about the process. Yeah, that is their process of of sort of not judging. That's the whole point of it. It's yeah. like not judgmental, but reviewing each other's copy as a team. Yeah. And they look for, you know, is it is it confusing? Is it boring? Is it uninteresting? And um or unbelievable. And yeah, cool. And one more thing that I want to point out mm -hmm. because I love you know, just having fun with this stuff and not being too serious. Yeah. And the two people that I've really gravitated towards, and I love their fun approach, one of them is Howard Gossage, okay. the ad man from like the 60s. His stuff was hilarious. He has ads like, win a kangaroo. It was for an Australian airline. And then another one, it was for a gas station. And he said, there wasn't anything interesting about gas stations, so we're going to sell pink air. And that was the big incentive, like, send him for pink air. <laughs> and then the other uh, copywriter and, and company that I love is Green Tree Press. And I believe it's Bug Weckesser. Is that how you pronounce his name? Yeah, or uh, Weckersheen or something. I forget. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. okay. Oh, I, I was way off. <laughs> but the headlines that they used were so funny. Mm -hmm. Like one of them is about a pig can fly. And another one is like, I got revenge on my husband. Yeah, they're just like really funny ads. And I love how they have these funny ideas and then they tie them into the copy. So you could be like, you could have this fun personality with it and, and it can be enjoyable and you can still get the point across. So everybody's style is different, but right. yeah, I love that style. Yeah, I'm sure we both like wrecked his name and then the real copy geeks are gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna hear from them all. Oh God, man, forget <laughs> it. I, I write like a single typo in my email and I oh, get yeah, no. 10 emails back. I mean, I appreciate those people and I, I make a lot of typos and I learned a long time ago, speed over perfection, you know? And I'm just thinking these poor people are never gonna make money because, <laughs> you know, you don't get paid quite as much to review to find tiny mistakes than you do to make great offers. Right. But speaking of finding mistakes, you've got five that people make when they're swiping. These are really important. Going back to what we talked about at the top of the show, swiping is a good thing if done right. Here's what to not do so you don't screw it up. So what's the number one mistake, Mike? Okay, so number one, which I've kind of gotten into already, and this is what the number one thing that the site is focused around, and that is not understanding the why. Uh, why does a particular promotion work? Why was it successful? Trying to understand what were the psychological devices, what were the emotions being triggered, and just seeking to actually look behind the curtain 
and look at the fundamental principles in copywriting and in marketing and figure out what you can draw from a particular promotion and have an actual purpose for using it, you know, versus just kind of blindly taking an ad and then because you heard somebody else say that you should use it, like another guru says, mm-hmm. swipe this promotion, it was done by a great copywriter and it was proven to work. Well, that's great. I mean, that's a good reason to put it in your swipe file, but then where do you go from there? And if you're an experienced copywriter, Sure, you'll be able to dissect it yourself, but most people don't know how to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's why I try to teach that as best as I can and demonstrate that as best as I can on Swiped because it's it's the number one most important thing. Yeah. You kind of write in the in the in the introduction to the ad sort of like what the why you sort of summarize right there, huh? In the introduction, I think The best way, though, that I focus on the why is in the key takeaways Mm -hmm. and the annotations, because that's where I get really specific. So I deep dive into, you know, maybe like where someone is building up their credibility, a guarantee, just little segments that normally you might gloss over, especially people breeze through an ad real quick where they don't actually read it. I find that a lot, too, is that people don't really read through it and try to dissect it. And that's why I feel like me doing that for you makes it easier for you to to draw out takeaways and also to encourage you to do it yourself. Right, right. Use what they did here, but in your own stuff and in your own way. Right, exactly, exactly. It's like I was telling a friend of mine the other day how when I was younger, I used to love emulating the swings of popular baseball players. Mm. And I remember when I was in Little League, I had a quite a grumpy, cynical coach, especially for coaching a eight to 10 year old team. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, he took me aside and he said, what swing is that? Like, what is that? And I was all excited. I said, oh, that's Frank Thomas's, you know, stance. I'm emulating it. And he said, no, 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 that's not going to work. We got to cut that out. And, And so now I'm thinking, oh, okay, well, maybe Derek Jeter, you know, maybe. Maybe Ken Griffey. I, I didn't know what to do after that. But I found it so interesting how later on, like I saw this documentary and it was all about swinging mechanics and all the little nuances that batters do, that players do to perfect their swing, how far away they stand from the plate, how they tap their foot or, or move their bat for timing purposes. And I thought it was so representative of how important it is to know the meaning behind swipes, you know, because when I was batting or thinking I was batting like the slugger Frank Thomas, it was just by appearance. I didn't really know what was going on. And if I did, then I would have been able to take what I learned and say, okay, this is the goal. Now, what can I do? In, what, what can I do to achieve that goal in a way that fits me, you know, personally? Right. Right. My own. Yeah. That's brilliant. I love that. It's really interesting about the, did you ever see, there's a clip on YouTube. I remember seeing this on Letterman. There was a guy who could do like, it seemed like endless batting stances and he would just rattle through them one after another. Did you ever see that guy? No, I haven't. I'll send, and I'll load it up in the show notes. The guy named is Gar, Gar Rines, I think. And uh, it was just hilarious because Letterman would just sit there and read a list of all the batters and the guy would switch into, into the other guys. And you'd be like shocked at how many you actually recognize, you know? 
Like you don't. Oh man, you don't. He would have been my some, hero. Yeah, you don't think about somebody's stance that much until you see an impression of it, right? Yeah, really interesting. That's cool. That's I gotta check cool. that out. Yeah, I'll definitely send that. Okay, cool. So that's great. So what's number two? So number two mistake is that if you don't know how to actually swipe, you know, there's a lot of talk that goes on on the internet that swiping is word substitution, that you're just taking a promotion, you're taking a sales letter, and you're changing around the wording so it fits for you. Yeah. And real, well, first of all, that's the easiest way to get into a plagiarism trouble. Right. You know, and second, if you're just swiping in, if you're just putting in your own words, you're not really putting any creative thought into it. You're not thinking about your market. You're not thinking about a big idea. You're kind of putting another ad first, like you're taking a mold that's existing and then hoping that you can fill it up with your own stuff and it's going to work perfectly, which is so far from the truth. And it's the worst strategy to take. You're putting yourself at risk in a lot of different ways. At the same time, if it's a headline, if it's like a guarantee, something where it's just a few sentences, I mean, sure, you can make the case for that. But beyond that, what people really should be doing, and I'm going to mention a few different ways that you should swipe. One of them is formatting and positioning. So what kind of fonts are used? What's the, you know, where, where are photos used, especially in ads? Like I know, for instance, in your boy, John Carlton's ads, mm-hmm. he used a lot of bolding and italicizing yes. and there was a lot of emphasis on certain things. And so it's good to pay attention to that. Right. Obviously, you know, subheads. I was going to make a point out there that that's a great point because you always hear this talk like you speak or make it conversational. John is one of the masters of, you know, having really punchy speech. And he's in personal communication, like he's hilarious, you know, like he can like capture dialects and different things in a really impressive way. And the reason he did that add italics or bold a certain word is he wanted it to, he was trying to get across the inflection of what was being said. And so he was always experimenting with how people would hear it based on, you know, those, those adjustments to the font. So that's a great point. Right. Yeah, definitely. So that's one big way. And that's mostly visual. Yeah. You know, and it, in terms of the actual copy, the way that you want to approach it is looking at the flow and the structure of the sales argument, because there's a certain approach, you know, that copywriters use that's kind of like, well, there, there's a lot of different approaches. I mean, if you look at like AIDA. Yeah. Attention, interest, desire, action. Yeah, right. There's a lot of different formulas like that. But overall, just looking at the actual flow of it, and this is why a lot of people suggest writing out ads. Handwriting the ads, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, handwriting out ads. And it's because you get into the feeling and and the flow of how that copywriter, you know, was writing it out. And of you write enough of those and you start to feel like like you can embody, you know, what they were putting out there and what they've worked on, you know, and, and they've mastered yeah. just by copying it out, you can get a feel for it. And that's such a big part of it is just getting that feel for it. But more than that, on a more logical level, analytical level, you can go through sales letter and you break down all the different components. So the opening, problem agitation, the solution, your own credibility, the guarantee, risk reversal, and so on. And breaking that apart and then using that 
as uh, your own structure, using that as a template where you could, you know, fill in your own details and your own copy and draw from other work. That's the way to go. And you doing that, you're not going to run into plagiarism problems, you know? Yeah, great point. And, you know, I'll add to what you said about hand copying ads is an important thing. And I always add to that for people, kind of what you said, you're number one, which is when you handwrite an ad or you read a great ad, always think to yourself, what's one thing I would change about this ad that I think would make it convert even better? And the reason that's important is because you want to develop your own critical thinking about how marketing works, why people are persuaded or, or influenced or compelled to to act, right? So great point and an important sort of, you know, addendum to that. Yeah. And I, I saw that video that you put up. You, I think you created a short video. Right. Yeah. And I, it's, it's something that Gary Bensavenga, some advice he gave me early in my career when I, he stunningly re- replied to an email I sent him. <laughs> and that, that's kind of the advice he gave me was, yes, study great ads, one a day, right? But ask yourself, what would you do differently? That's, and I thought that, wow, that's huge. Awesome. Awesome. So, okay, great. So we on to number three? Number three. Yeah. So the third mistake is swiping a big idea, a main concept. And and what I mean by that is, so we were talking before about a big idea. And a big idea is something that's unique, compelling. It appeals intellectually, emotionally. And it's basically the theme and the driving force of your promotion. So if you're taking a, a big idea that's used in a particular promotion, then you're, it's not a big idea anymore. I mean, you're just copying yeah. somebody else and people have already heard it before and you're not being unique. You're not showing how you're different from everybody else and how you're different from your competitors. So it's important that when you're modeling a promotion, you're looking a little more loosely at how it was put together. And again, going back to the structure and the flow. That's really what you want to pay attention to because when you get into trouble when you focus too much on the actual messaging. Hmm. So it's a good idea to study how others come up with big ideas like Agora does. They're great at that. Mm-hmm. So you look at how they have certain qualities, like how they're benefit driven, how they're original, how they tie into you know maybe a current event and the beliefs of what their market is already thinking. So study it in order to come up with your own, but never ever actually take someone else's theme and use it right. in your own sales letter. Yeah, great point. So yeah. like some people understand big idea. You mentioned earlier the end of America, right? So th- basically what they're doing is they're talking about how the dollar's losing value and that's an opportunity for investors. And But that's been said a million different ways. But they came up with, they equated, you know, the value of the dollar with, everything that America stands for, end of America, right? And so now it's this big idea. This, Like you said, it was like <laughs> it was like a movie theme, right? Yeah, That's yeah. when you know you have a big idea. If you could sell it like a movie idea, then you're onto something right. good there. And you don't want to like try to swipe that and say, you know, you know, the end of dental implants. It's, <laughs> it's just it's like not as effective, you know? You know, Carlton jokes about you think he was joking, but like people have literally sent him, asked for his, what he thought of their ad. And it'll say like, you know, one-legged accountant from Poughkeepsie, New York. And he's going, I think you, I think you missed, the, missed the point, you know? 
So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's still interesting. Yeah, I guess so. You still want to read on, wouldn't you? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Amazing secret of a one-legged accountant. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Watch to see how he does your taxes on one leg. <laughs> He'll balance your books and himself at the same time. That's right. <laughs> All right, cool. What is uh, number four? All right, number four. So this goes hand in hand with what we we're just talking about. And that is the mistake is if you don't pay attention to market sophistication. Mm. So market sophistication, I believe, was first mentioned by Eugene Swartz in uh, Breakthrough Advertising. And basically the concept is that over time, a market is going to become more used to certain messaging and offers. They're going to become more sophisticated to it. And so they're not going to respond to it in the same way. So uh, an example would be like when the Internet first came out, make money using the internet would be extremely appealing because people would not think that they can make money on the internet. And then as the market becomes more sophisticated, then maybe it would be like, make money online with SEO. And then it becomes more sophisticated. And then you have to introduce some kind of unique mechanism, you know, like make money online with SEO using my proprietary ninja SEO machine <laughs> you know, or something. Some some bullshit like that. <laughs> right, 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 right. Just gets more hypey and right. Like, what what else can we promise to make this sound new? Right. <laughs> That's right. My uh, trademarked intellectual property, you know, driven program and yeah, and, yeah. It, It's a money spigot that you couldn't turn off if you wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that one. I won't be able to stop the money. I want to have that problem. <laughs> <laughs> 20 years in the making. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> um, where was I going with this? Oh, so. Yeah, marketing sophistication. Yeah. Yeah, marketing sophistication. So let's say that you take one of the classic ads that we circulate around so much. So let, let's say like a Gary Halbert weight loss ad. Mm -hmm. Well, if you're in the weight loss niche and you figure, oh, this worked really well. This was proven. I'm just going to steal this. Well, if you're actually copying the messaging, I mean, you're going to be in trouble because forget it, weight loss, that market has advanced so much. Oh, yeah, right. Since the, the 90s, even from, you know, last year. I mean, every year it gets more sophisticated. And so you're really going to fall flat if you actually try to model the messaging of uh, older promotions. Now, I do have one tip, though, and that is... Uh, I thought this was pretty cool. I suggested this to a buddy of mine before, and he said it worked really well. And that is that if you're working in a particular niche, if you're trying to create a promotion for a particular niche, get the latest sales letters that are working really well, and then look at the stuff from the past, you know, the type of stuff like from Gary Halbert and the big copywriters, and make comparisons in terms of the benefits that you see repeated and like the hot buttons, the emotions that they touch on. Because if they're the same, if you know they're repeated in the same way, that probably means that they're pretty evergreen, where it, right. that hasn't changed, you know? Right, but, but how they're represented might be changed. Right, yeah, exactly. How they're represented, you know, the medium in which they're advertised on and Right. Like, like one thought, one thought is that like an emotion would be, you know, if somebody wants to lose weight and you feel like they're fooling themselves or they're just re don't realize how much they've let themselves go mm -hmm. it's, it's, say in the 50s 
It might be, you know, your girlfriend mentioned it or, or somebody you hadn't seen in a while, you know, commented on your weight or something they would do back right. then, right? Uh, and then you were like shocked to think that anybody even noticed. And a more modern version of that would be, look, your photo's going on Facebook, whether you like it or not, because everybody's <laughs> photo happy and they're posting stuff and they're tagging you without permission. Right. You know, women are so conscious of how they look. You're, you know, you see women pose for photos and guys too, you know, sucking their guts in and doing all that stuff. But women, it's like a science. They have it oh, down, man. you know, they put their one leg out and they're just like, yeah. it's, they're amazing at it. I hate being that photographer. <laughs> Oh, and then they all want to come see it. Let me look. Let me look. Nope. Do it again. Do it again. <laughs> I'll be taking uh, 20 different photos yeah. and not good at all. Yeah. Every selfie's a photo yeah. shoot all of a sudden. But yeah. uh, so that's that's a great example. Yeah. Market sophistication. Huge one. You, we, we could do a whole show just about that. Okay, cool. Number five. Number five is to copy somebody else's tone, particularly another market's tone. Mm. So, of course... If you're a personal brand, first and foremost, you want to have your own voice. I mean, that's a given. You want to be authentic. Mm -hmm. You want to come across in a way that showcases your personality and attracts the people that are like you, that you want to attract. But more than that, let's say that you're writing for another market, not your personal brand. You're writing for, uh, you know, let's say the self-defense niche. Well, you're not going to want to copy uh, the tone of a dog training you know, sales letter for the self-defense niche. And you're not going to want to, you know, not, I mean, you're not going to want to do likewise either. Like for instance, John Carlton, I mean, how great is his tone with the self-defense niche? It's hilarious. It's like, right. listen up, you little wimp. You better, <laughs> you better toughen the hell up and read these techniques from Johnny Skull Crusher. <laughs> And then go out there in your neighborhood and you're going to kick every guy's ass who's bigger than you. <laughs> now, imagine applying that tone for like Nancy's home sewing kit. <laughs> Don't be scared to death. Right. Listen up, you needle toting bitches. <laughs> Let's get one thing straight. This is not a game. This is life. <laughs> oh, God. It's so funny. That's great. Yeah. Okay. So recapping real quick. When you're going to swipe copy, make sure you understand the why. Why did they use the mechanisms they did? Why is that effective for that market? Understand how to swipe, which parts to take, which parts are not going to apply. Focusing on the big idea, you know, get inspiration about big ideas, but you have to come up with your own big idea. Otherwise, your ad is not going to stand out. It's not going to feel unique. Big ideas very often do not translate across markets. Number four, not keeping market sophistication in mind. Huge one. Really understand that you might take one inspiration from one ad where market sophistication is fairly low. Try to apply it to one where uh, it's very high and you're dead in the water. Number five is tone and voice. Like we you know, talked about, you know, self-defense ads are not going to apply to the you know needle <laughs> needle <laughs> sewing market whatever that's even called yeah right that was a good one <laughs> so, I don't know where I came up with that <laughs> needle point it's probably a yeah, really rabid market for that but uh, cool brother well this was uh, so fun man and so cool and I think people are gonna love learning more about you I know you know so many people subscribe again at swiped.co 
www.ecomsystems.co. And Mike, you're providing like an amazing service to the industry. I love your passion. I love your, and you're just a, a cool dude, man. So champion of whatever, wherever the hell this is headed, the big mystery will be revealed over time, but- Evil plan. <laughs> the evil plan. Go get on the list and get these amazing breakdowns of not only classic ads, but you know Facebook ads, all the stuff that you see every day and you encounter, Mike's breaking down why these things are working. He's figuring out which ones have been tested, which ones are the controls. So man, just one of the most valuable things you can have as a business owner, as anybody who's spending money to make money in the world needs to be on the list at swiped.co. Mike Shower, you're beast, man. Thanks for being here. This was a ton of fun. Thank you, man. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Let's do it again. All right. Sounds good. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Truth About Marketing podcast. If you like this show and you think other people would like this show, the best way to spread the word is by reviewing and rating the show in iTunes. Just log in, click review, leave a big old fat five-star review, and let everybody know that you dig the show so that they can dig it too. To get all the links and resources we mentioned on today's episode, please go to copychief.com forward slash T-A-M, as in truth about marketing. And if you'd like to learn more about how you can improve your sales copy with uh, templates, formulas, coaching, feedback, or hiring a pro, do all that on the inside of the members area of copychief.com and I will look for you there. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.